It's AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Brett, Sam, and also a new producer trainee, Patrick, on today's program today. Sam, good to be back with you again on finally kind of a non-holiday show. You've had me the day before Christmas Eve and the day before New Year's Eve, but just a normal show today, I guess. No gimmicks today, talking about uh, secret Santas or predictions. Just a typical show, I guess. To start the new year off with a strong show here. Yeah, well, we shall see. Strong? I don't know. I'm not going on a limb and saying <laughs> it's necessarily going to be a strong show. Uh, glad to be back here in 2020, at least my second live show of 2020. Hey, by the way, before we jumped on the airwaves, you have probably heard that market minute from Kirk Duckwall. Back to you normally hear that before my show starts, and i got to do a quick shout-out to Kirk Duckwall. He was my real estate agent, actually, when I bought my first place last year, and that was the first home I ever bought. I didn't have a clue what I was doing, but the vibe I got from Kirk is that he actually loves his job and loves the real estate industry, which is kind of unique to that because sometimes when you run into realtors or real estate agents, they're just in it as a job and to make money. But if you talk to Kirk and you kind of pick that up too, maybe when you listen to that market minute, he actually does really have a love for the industry and really follows it closely. So highly recommend him if you're either buying or selling a home. A little shout out there for the duck walls over with the Twin Cities Real Estate Show that you can hear every Sunday at noon here on AM 950. Before we dive into some politics for today, I do have to bring up some radio-related news, and that is, Sam, I'm sure you're going to be thrilled about this. Rush Limbaugh has gotten a contract extension for at least another four years, because apparently the company that actually syndicates Rush Limbaugh, they did not confirm how many years his contract extension was for, but someone else actually did. Could you guess who it would be? Donald Trump said it was a four-year contract that he actually signed to have his radio show extended at least through 2024. So I'm not sure if you're a big Rush fan in there, uh, Sam, but he is going to be on the airwaves through at least 2024. Hooray, I guess. Oh, yay. Oh. I am so overjoyed. To overjoyed. <laughs> I just can't, well, I can actually kind of pick up actually why they extended him. And this has to do with something that you can actually pick up on the old Norman Goldman podcasts, because I believe Norman Goldman actually still has his old website up. And if you go to one of the Beyond the Norms, he talks about the radio industry and why people like Rush Limbaugh and Sean Hannity and Glenn Beck continue to get these multi-million dollar contract extensions, despite the fact when you actually look at their ratings in individual markets, they're pulling in like a .5. Or even when Rush was in L.A. a few years ago, I think he was actually drawing an actual zero due to a rounding, you know, the way ratings are rounded. It was actually coming through as a flat zero. But, and I'm very much summarizing kind of what Norman said in his Beyond the Norm podcasts, essentially they're able to sell these guys for a few reasons to advertisers and to radio stations. Is that you can get advertisers if you have Rush Limbaugh and Sean Hannity at all on several hundred radio stations, even if they're only pulling in like a 0.5 rating, if you actually add up all of those people cumulatively around all of their affiliates, it does come to a substantial number. And that's actually how he is able to rush and Limbaugh and the rest of those guys are able to continue to get those multi-million dollar contract extensions. And then Norm also kind of brings up an interesting point too, how well, basically, if you work in the radio industry for one of these syndication companies, you basically have an incentive to sell what's basically worked, worked very much in quotes, because if you take a risk and say, hey, let's actually bring in a progressive program. Well, if it fails, that basically falls on your shoulders, where if Rush Limbaugh or Sean Hannity end up failing and not drawing as good a ratings, you can basically just excuse that and say, well, that's what happened in the, that's what we used in the past, and I guess it's not working anymore. So Rush Limbaugh, yeah, again, extended for another four years, and I do highly recommend going and actually listening to that Beyond the Norm from the old Norman Goldman show that used to air here on AM 950 to... Here, Norm's talks about the radio industry. He did it, I believe, in like a four-part series. Highly fascinating as you really learn a lot of inside information and kind of why a lot of right-wing talkers who don't necessarily draw the best ratings are still actually able to stay on the airwaves. I, I miss that old Norman Goldman show. 
Oh, I totally do, too. I wish he would do a podcast, but it sounds like he's pretty much out of the industry entirely. I know I at least like him on Facebook. He does make a post occasionally, a couple times a month, so look forward to seeing those. But, man, yeah, I wish he did a podcast. In fact, if he did, maybe we'd even find a way to pick it up here on the AM950 airwaves. But, again, back to my point, go back and listen to those Beyond the Norms where he talks about the radio industry as he breaks it down much more eloquently than I just did and in a whole lot more detail because, well, I've only been in the radio industry for less than 10 years. Norman has years and years and years, but he really does a nice job kind of breaking things down with that. We're at 952-946-6205. Hey, we got David in San Francisco. David, been a while since I connected with you. What's on your mind today? Hey, well, not too bad. Uh, you know, years ago, I used to sell advertising. And um, I actually, uh, you remember Governor Jerry Brown out here in California, this was uh, after he was governor and before he came, became governor again. I was uh, selling ads for him on a small network that had about 30 stations. And Limbaugh was, uh, you know, while almost everybody was getting a minimum of 200 bucks a minute, Limbaugh was their loss leader, and he was uh, marked in as $25 a minute. Mm-hmm. And uh, I learned uh, in talking with uh, people about this that there were three different corporate vice presidents. I, if I remember right, one was from General Motors, one was from uh, Prudential Life Insurance, and I'm not sure if the third was from Ford. But these guys were sponsors of Limbaugh, and this may have actually gone back to some old, like, Nazi gold, that these guys had bought stations, uh, bought time on stations, and if I remember right, they started with like 200 stations, but they didn't buy it at, you know, two-month intervals or one-year intervals. They did it uh, at minimum of five-year intervals. So no matter how how badly he performed, uh, they were already locked in for five years in advance. And so this guy was able to, uh, you know, like I say, Nazi gold that these guys were, were basically trying to push some, a very bad economic uh, model. And, uh, you know, you look at this whole idea of government as a business, uh, which is not a, that is not at all what the founding fathers had in mind for our government. Our government was supposed to be run as a, a nonprofit, and that every division, every part of government should be run as, as a uh, you know, that all of the tax money should be dedicated to each project. So if you want a fresh water system, if you have locks and dams, if you have roads and bridges, you want every penny to be dedicated toward making it right and then having maintenance based on, on it being built right the first time. Well, Limbaugh and his con artists were trying to turn government into a, a cash cow for their basically mm-hmm. what they call the corporate state. And and so they bought all of this time for Limbaugh with knowing that he would not uh, be able to sell his lousy ideas until a whole generation had been flooded with this repetitive big lie. And uh, so it's, it's very interesting that if you look at uh, uh, the people that are buying time on his shows, and uh, I hate to admit it or you know yeah i'm not even sure who advertises on his shows anymore right well no i mean i'm talking about say for example clear channel clear channel which goes by another name right now uh uh is bankrupt and they're at at minimum yes Mm -hmm. yeah 20 billion dollars bankrupt not not a few hundred thousand bankrupt but 20 billion dollars bankrupt they refuse to stop running him you know, he is not drawing uh, ad, uh, ad revenues to their, to their streams, but these guys continue to run him because they want that repetitive lie that government should be run as a business. The, and it is a lie. Government needs to be run as a nonprofit. And so they're, they're basically doing the big lie uh, with a, like a 20-year, uh, uh, you know, they have to repeat the big lie over and over and over. They're buying time for decades uh, to repeat the big lie so that whole generations will be saturated with trying to compete against it. And all of these politicians, 
you know, running for election on, on this idea that they can run government like a business are just the newer uh, pack of fools that are, are selling out the, the very principles of government. That government needs to be run as a nonprofit, not as a business. All right, David, we're going to have to leave it there. Appreciate the phone call. Uh, yeah, talk a little radio industry with me. Anyone who does that is uh, someone after my heart. I could definitely talk radio industry for a long, long time, but we probably should get into politics soon. And uh, to kind of expand on what David was saying as well, yeah, the ideology was certainly part of it, but it's also just basically the corporate in structure that we've seen in the radio industry as David was alluding to how Clear Channel, which is now known as iHeartMedia, is in, yeah, millions and millions and millions of dollars of debt, and that's basically because, well, go back and listen to the Norman podcast. I'm not even going to get into it because we should probably get into the politics of today, but it's actually fascinating how people like Mitt Romney and Bain Capital and these big kind of vulture capital firms were basically able to just keep on piling and piling debt and put it on the radio stations or the individual radio stations that they bought where they were able to put the debt on their books instead of the actual books of the uh, venture capital firms that Mitt Romney and others ended up running. So go back and listen to those podcasts. I'll leave it as that. I could definitely talk uh, radio politics for probably the entire show, but we'll get into actual politics of the day coming up next, including Iran, because I'm going to actually kind of disagree with a lot of people of what they've been saying about what could happen in Iran. I actually don't think we will end up in a war with them, and we're going to talk about why coming up next here on the program. It's Brett on the 4 o'clock show with Sam and Patrick. Hi, this is Ryan, owner of Snap Construction. It's been great working with so many of the passionate AM950 listeners over the years. We have realized how important AM950 is to the community. I want to see AM950 continue to grow and continue to thrive into the future. To help continue to grow, Snap Construction will be putting up proceeds to assist the station in marketing on social media. Snap Construction encourages you to do your part by liking and sharing the content on AM950 social media platforms. This is Chad, owner of AM950. Ryan has always told me the best time to get work done is during the cold months of the year because demand is much lower. He is backing that up again by offering 30% off labor on windows and siding from now until the end of December. Call Snap Construction now to get 30% off labor on windows and siding. As always, Snap Construction stands by their work with a lifetime craftsmanship warranty. Trust the company AM950 Trust. Snap Construction, arguably the most well-reviewed roofing, siding, and window contractor in the metro area. Get a free estimate by calling 612-333-SNAP or find them online at snapconstruction.com. Financing options available. Wendy, great news. What's the great news, Robert? Hey, we're on Wednesdays now at 5 p.m. That's great. What's the name of the show? Uh, Pilot's Playhouse? I don't know. Pilot's Playhouse? That's terrible. <laughs> that is terrible. Hey, everyone should listen in and see what we come up with. So what's the new show about? Well, we'll have local and national news and guests that you don't hear anywhere else. Wednesdays at 5. See you then. Hello, fellow AM950 listeners. This is JJ from Nightingale at 26 in Lindale. Come experience our delicious signature dishes and exciting rotation of inventive seasonal fare from my wife and chef, Carrie, and her team. Nightingale is the perfect place to gather for any occasion with our extensive wine, beer, and cocktail selection, along with our dedication to great service. We offer a full menu every day from 4 to 1 a.m., two award-winning daily happy hours, and weekend brunch at 10. More at nightingalempls.com. Hi, I'm Peter Solak. And I'm Adam Ostrowski. We are here at Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces to talk about outdoor fires. Sitting around a fire is the oldest, most basic form of human activity. What's new is in the way fire is burned. We can show you how to burn cleaner with a lot less smoke. The radiant heat and light from an open fire is unmatched. It kindles our spirits and connects us to the outdoors. And now it's easier to experience and enjoy. Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces sells and installs wood and gas burning fire pits and fireplaces. Let us help you experience an outdoor fire without all the smoke. Come see the many ways you can enjoy a fire outdoors. Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces has over 35 working wood and gas units on display at the corner of East Franklin and Riverside Avenue in Minneapolis. More information at woodlandstoves.com. Find the fire that works for you. Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces, out of the ordinary products and services since 1977. 
And we're back on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. By the way, during the break, I went to normangoldman.com, and that five-series podcast I was referring to is right on the front page of that website. So definitely check it out. Even if back when Norm was on AM 950, he wasn't quite your cup of tea, those podcasts are well worth listening to to kind of figure out what actually happened with the radio industry because he doesn't just even talk about the ideology that the ideology rather that David was kind of alluding to. He talks more about the business practices and how we had debt piled on debt and how debt was put on radio stations book instead of books instead of the actual books of the these venture capital firms. So yeah, normangoldman.com. We'll leave it at that. By the way, we also had a caller during the break who was asking a question that I vaguely remember uh, being an issue a few years ago. They were wondering if radio stations available to military members are all conservative and they're wondering if I have heard of that. And I vaguely remember someone alluding to that. It might have been Tom Hartman a few years ago here on the airwaves. I did some quick research Research during the break and was not able to find much, but I believe that might have been a thing a few years ago. But I'm not gonna for say say that I'm a hundred percent sure. But at least in today's day and age, being that we're now in 2020, I suppose if you are in the military, I imagine people are probably listening to podcasts instead, or maybe even listening to internet radio stations or Spotify or something like that. So at least it's probably different than even what the military radio infrastructure was like even 10 years ago, when maybe you only had options to listen to what was coming over the airwaves. Although I suppose also too, you probably need an internet connection out there when you're serving in a foreign war, and that might be an issue too. But yeah, something I'll try to look into uh, to that caller talking about if uh, military radio does have kind of that conservative bias. Well, at least there's not many syndicated liberal talk show hosts. I think it's only down to Tom Hartman and Stephanie Miller, so that would be about the only two I could think of that would actually be on a military radio station. Otherwise, yeah, talk radio, at least that's politically driven, probably is conservative simply because, well, there's a ton of conservative talk radio hosts and at least nationally syndicated it's yeah pretty much Steph Tom I guess you have Rick Unger in there as well but definitely a lot more conservatives than liberals when it comes to talk radio show hosts all right so Iran over the weekend the selective service website saw a spike in traffic with people who were nervous about possibly being drafted into a war with Iran and I'm at least going to go out on a limb and say we're not going to see at least a conventional full-scale war with Iran for a couple of reasons that I'll get into in a second. But first, the background on what actually happened, because this is the part I'm most interested in with what happened with this uh, assassination of Soleimani, who was the uh, Iranian general that we ended up killing, or the uh, Trump ended up killing, ordering that military strike over the weekend and last week. So basically what sounded like what happened was that his four, or he had several of his advisors prevent present Trump with several options for what to do militarily. And they basically put this assassination of Soleimani as kind of the last resort type of thing that hopefully he wouldn't pick. They basically, they put it as an option to make it look so ridiculous that the other options would appear more reasonable. But of course, with Trump being Trump, he ended up picking what was supposed to be the ridiculous option. So he ended up actually ordering the assassination of this guy, which of course is problematic for several reasons, including the fact that, well, basically, yeah, if you end up killing someone who is a terrorist that definitely has taken American lives among lots of others, well, if killing that one terrorist actually precipitates a war that ends up killing hundreds of thousands of more people, than that terrorist ever could, well, then you're basically doing the work of that terrorist. And then you also have the problem that you're actually killing a general of a nation state, which is very, very problematic. You basically can't just go and say, hey, country, I'm going to go and kill your military leader or general or whoever else or even president without actually declaring war. That is extremely problematic. That's the part that a lot of the conservative people that I talk to are having a really hard time grasping. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, he's a terrorist. I can't believe you guys are defending terrorists. I'm like, well, he was a, a official of a country. <clears throat> Excuse yeah. me. He was an official of a country that we are not currently at war with. Mm-hmm. What, what, what do you think the repercussions are going to be of something like that? What if somebody killed our chief, chief joints of staff while they were outside of the country? Mm-hmm. How would we react? Yeah, it's, it, 
it's very different than, let's say, killing Osama bin Laden or yes. the leader of ISIS because those guys are not actually generals with a nation state. Where even though, yeah, this guy Soleimani is a terrible person, absolutely, he's killed thousands of people over the years, but he is still a general of a sovereign nation. And when you do that, you are going to reap repercussions. Plus, if that's so bad, why is, if Trump hates these terrorists and dictators so much, why is he buddying up with Vladimir Putin and with, well, I guess he's not anymore, but Kim, he was, Kim Jong-un, yeah. he was buddying up with in the past too, but all of a sudden, just because you're Iranian, now you're just this evil person, but Vladimir Putin gets a pass, he's okay. And you could probably point out dozens of other generals from other nations that have had done things that are ten times worse than this guy. I mean, look at some of the dictatorships you have in uh, Central and South America over the years, or even in the Middle East or other parts of the world. Heck, you could probably even include some Western nations in there as well, depending on how you look at things. But yeah, it's very problematic to actually kill yeah a general of a nation state, and we probably are going to see some repercussions repercussions of what will happen but ultimately and this is where i do disagree with some of the fear we've been having kind of exuded from a lot of people thinking that oh does this mean we're actually going to go to a full scale war with iran i tend to actually think not for a couple of reasons and first from the iranian perspective while they have been basically preparing for a full-scale invasion for decades and decades and decades because of the tension they've had with the United States over the years, ultimately, I don't think they actually want a war because even though, yeah, they do have a very strong military, one of the strongest in the entire Middle East, they ultimately would lose a war with the United States. Now, granted, a United States quote-unquote victory, and again, looking at this in very black and white terms, would cost the United States enormously, but ultimately, yeah, the U.S. would technically win and overthrow the government. So an all-out war with Iran would actually mean the collapse of the government. And I don't think if you're someone who serves in the Iranian government, you want to actually lose your job. So that's one of the reasons, I think, at least from the Iran perspective, they don't want a full-scale war, even though we actually have language being said by them that might say otherwise. And at least from the U.S. perspective, I think we're seeing parallels drawn between what's happening in Iran and what happened in Iraq in 2003. And I don't think these are necessarily apples to apples comparisons. It's more apples to oranges. And I think the biggest difference is actually in the public perception of war. Sam, I don't know if you've picked up on this, but I think the American public, somewhat to our credit, I guess, is a much more skeptical about the idea of actually going to war. Because even as I think back to 2003 when we were looking at invading Iraq, this was before I really knew anything about politics, I was sitting there thinking, well, heck, we actually should do something about 9-11. Even though I was politically clueless at that time, I was thinking, hey, let's actually go support Operation, whatever we call it. It was something goofy like Desert Freedom. I remember I think I even had a sticker back then. And we even saw the approval rating of the invasion of Afghanistan up near like 70, 80 percent. Even Iraq wasn't actually that low in terms of people who were in favor of invading that country. If you look at the congressional support, basically all of the Republicans were in favor of invading Iraq and Afghanistan and even lots of Democrats, as has been infamously, infamously pointed out with people like Hillary Clinton and even Joe Biden. So you certainly saw a lot of support among Democrats for both of those wars. But now you fast forward to today, and I think the environment is much much different. In fact, Matt brought up this poll at the end of his show that shows that only 43% of people actually support Trump's order to kill Soleimani, which surprised me because I thought that percentage might actually be above 50%, kind of going by what you were saying, Sam, with the perception being that, oh, he's a terrorist that's killed American lives. We should probably kill that guy. But then I actually look at this polling data that shows it's only 43% that actually support killing this general. Meanwhile, 38% said no, and everyone else was, well, undecided. That is very, very low, because if you were to actually say, well, instead of uh, just killing this one general, let's actually say, oh, we're going to uh, declare war in Iran and go have a full-scale invasion, that number would probably continue to go down, being that that would cost a whole lot more lives than just killing one general in Iran. So I at least think the public is much more jaded towards war, and I can't really imagine that, even though Trump, yeah, is not the smartest person in the world, I 
I would think he would be able to read the tea leaves in terms of the polling data and show and see that a war with Iran would be extremely unpopular. And then the fact you also have that Congress is against it as well, because the House of Representatives could very much hold up military spending if we were to actually go into Iran with a full-scale invasion. So at least some somewhat good news there is that I don't think we will go end up or end up going into a full-scale invasion with Iran. Instead, what I think we actually could end up seeing is probably lots of these proxy skirmishes around the Middle East and countries like Iraq and Syria that, by the way, still will cost a lot of lives. We probably will see hundreds and thousands of lives of both Iranians and Americans and people of, from other countries still being killed. But ultimately, I don't think, yeah, we're actually going to launch a ground invasion of Iran. I think both sides are at least able to realize that doing so would be, well, mutually destructive for both sides. What are your thoughts on that, Sam? I ultimately don't think we would have a full-scale invasion of Iran. What about you? I'm, I'm thankful. Are you a little more pessimistic about it? Well, I'm, I'm thankful that the president doesn't have the sole power to declare war. Because <laughs> yeah. I think if it was up to Trump, we might. We very well. But I think what you brought up, how the House of Representatives can basically shut it down, mm-hmm. that's my my good thought there like oh well at least we still got that well even if you look at the public perception of war it's much different than it was back in 2002 and 2003 i would even go as far to say that if we had the support level for war in 2006 in 2003 we would not have invaded iraq because if you remember as we hit into like 2006 and 2007 The war in Iraq got extremely unpopular. In fact, it's a big reason why we actually saw a blue wave election back in 2006. If we had support for war in Iraq at 2006 levels back in 2003, ultimately I don't think we actually would have seen an invasion of Iraq and Afghanistan just because it would have been that unpopular. The only reason I think we actually ended up going into Iraq and Afghanistan back in 2002 and 2003 is that it actually was popular among the public. But ultimately now I think we are a little bit more jaded, but that still doesn't mean we're not going to have a military conflict. As I said, we're still going to have plenty of these proxy conflicts around the Middle East, which, by the way, will still be able to fuel the military-industrial complex and still uh, fuel the idea that we still need to spend lots of money on the military. You don't even necessarily need to have a full-scale invasion or a full-scale war. Just the threat of an invasion or the threat of war is still enough to justify spending on the military, at least in the eyes of people who are very much in the Warhawk camp. We're at 952-946-6205, 952-946-6205. By the way, Sam, quick heads up for you before we head to break. We actually do not have a newscast today, so we're actually going to go directly into commercials, but then we're going to come back and talk uh, more about Iran and also the economy and some local stories as well. So stay tuned as you are listening to the 4 o'clock show with Brett, Sam, and Patrick here on your Monday afternoon. Hi, I'm Dr. Scott Shamblot from Shamblot Family Dentistry. We're the fear-free, get-you-out-of-pain-now dental office. And I'm Rachel Shamblot. Did you know a lot of people are afraid of the dentist? You don't need to be afraid of my dad. He makes going to the dentist comfortable and even fun. We don't care if you're a dental regular or haven't seen a dentist in years. We just want to make you comfortable and get you out of pain. If you don't see my dad, please see another dentist. Take care of your teeth because they're the only ones you get. Call 1-800-FIX-MY-TEETH or visit fixmyteeth.us. Hi, I'm Frank Brown, owner of the only minority-owned union print shop in Minnesota. Do you work with political campaigns? Yes, we have years of experience helping campaigns. Do you print postcards? Do you also mail them out? Yes, we do mail them out. We print everything. Do you print lawn signs? Yes, we print everything. Choose the only minority-owned union print shop in Minnesota for all your political campaign needs. Learn more at mpuptown.com. Miniman Press Uptown. We print everything. With your AM950 weather, I'm Sam Turnberg. Tonight's going to be mostly cloudy with a low around 20. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 25. Wednesday, increasing clouds with a high near 17. Thursday, mostly cloudy with a high near 39. And Friday, partly sunny with a high near 16. 
Is estate planning still on your to-do list, or are you overdue for an update? The new year is a great time to get going on that goal. Get started today with Schroman Law in St. Paul. Call 651-571-2515 or visit schromanlaw.com. And we're back on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Phone lines are open at 952-946-6205, 952-946-6205. Do you agree with me that we're not likely to actually see a full-scale war or full-scale invasion of Iran? I just think that people who are at least war hawks are in that camp are smart enough to know that war as a whole is still very unpopular going back to Iraq and Afghanistan that we saw back in the 2000s. But that doesn't mean we're going to stop seeing, well, military rhetoric and spending on military. You just need that threat to still be alive and some skirmishes as well and kind of proxy wars. And I think that's ultimately what we're going to end up seeing in areas uh of the Middle East and also uh, with the Iranian government as well, because they will retaliate just because of the fact that uh, we actually did kill a general in Iran who was uh, the member of a nation state, as we pointed out earlier, very different than actually killing someone like an Osama bin Laden, who is not part of a nation state. Let's talk to Brad and Robbinsdale. Hey there, Brad, what's on your mind with Iran? Okay, well, I don't think we would have a land invasion of Iran, but we would have something like a, you know, an air campaign like we had in Iraq or in um, Yugoslavia. Hmm. But um, again, I don't think it's going to be a cakewalk. And I would like to no, by no remind, means, yeah, right. And I would like to remind people of the scene from um, the movie Gone with the Wind, where all the young men come up and say, "Scarlet, don't you worry, none." We'll, be, we'll go up north and kick those Yankee butts and be back before the next cotillion ball so we can dance with you. <laughs> wow, so. yeah, and that we would... Yeah, that kind of even goes back to what we saw with some of the uh, rhetoric about the uh, war in Iraq where uh, some of the rhetoric we were hearing was that, oh, this war is going to take four or five weeks and we'll be done and we'll be back home. And, oh, yeah, we're still actually there almost 20 years later. Hey, thanks so much for the call there, Brad. Do appreciate it. Again, we're at 952-946-6205. All right, also in the news today, as we're going to kind of switch gears now, I want to talk about something that uh, we saw over the weekend, and that is that Maxine Waters, who is a Democratic representative, actually got prank phone called by a couple of uh, Russian comedians. Not sure if you heard about this, but... Two Russian pranksters actually fooled Representative Maxine Waters into believing that she was speaking with teen climate activist Greta Thunberg. As the two comedians impersonated Thunberg and her father in a recent 10-minute phone call, during which the California Democrat, Democrat repeatedly asked if Trump made her cry, the pranksters told Waters that they were at a rally in the North Carolina area, protesting the effects of climate change on the fictional island of Chango Chango and asked Waters to address the crowd by speakerphone, which she actually ended up doing. So I actually don't mind making prank phone calls to politicians because I feel like, especially if you record these, and even though these were done by Russian comedians, you are able to sometimes uncover the veil and actually get what politicians are thinking because often when you interview politicians or talk to them, you, of course, get political speak. I've run into that many times when I've interviewed politicians myself. It's tough to actually get a read on what they think. So when you have these types of prank phone calls, you can sometimes kind of uncover the veil and see what they really think. It kind of reminds me of uh, what happened with Scott Walker a few years ago back in Wisconsin. I think it was back in 2011 where they had a comedian actually call Scott Walker and pretend to be one of the Koch brothers. And Scott Walker actually ended up uh, admitting, basically just was saying that he'll, I'll do whatever you want, Koch brothers, and talked about attacking protesters. And overall, it was a really, really ugly call. You can probably go back and actually find that on YouTube. But Comparing, for instance, uh, what happened with the Scott Walker phone call with what happened with the Maxine Waters phone call, I guess at least with Waters, yeah, she does look a little bit foolish believing that there is an island called Chango Chango, but that's not nearly as bad as actually being subservient to 
the Koch brothers, which is what happened uh, from Scott Walker back when he was prank phone called, I believe, back in 2011. So ultimately, yeah, I'm kind of in favor of having prank phone calls. I think it's kind of a way to see what's actually under the hood sometimes when you uh, or see what's actually going on with the inner workings of politicians and kind of get what they actually think on some issues if you can get them speaking candidly. Also speaking of uh, politicians that have to speak candidly, Martha McSally, who was a senator from Arizona, got caught on a recording, and she basically got caught asking for outside fundraising from a political PAC, which, by the way, is not legal. As the Arizona mayor obtained audio from Senator Martha McSally pleading for outside support during a meeting with Republicans, supposedly saying that while her campaign cannot coordinate with outside groups, we pray for them every day. We don't have the resources to fight, and if I went up on TV right now, my campaign coffers would be empty. If we're going to fight back with a TV ad, it's going to cost us millions of dollars. So very much in favor of that, too, sometimes when you can catch politicians on secret recordings. Don't care if they're a Democrat or a Republican or an Independent. I think it's kind of a good way to see uh, kind of the actual way politicians act. So I'm all in favor of that. If you happen to be a prank phone caller and are able to get through to a congressperson's office, I say, hey, why not? By all means, go for it. Let's uh, actually kind of see what they think. We're at 952-946-6205-952-946-6205. So let's talk about caucuses because of course, we have a different system in Minnesota in 2020 than we had back in 2018 or 2016 or 14 or 12 or any time beforehand. We have now what's a hybrid between caucuses and primaries. And there's one big change with this new system that we're uh, moving into that is significantly different from what we had in the past. And this actually comes from uh, the morning take this morning from uh, Blois Olson and also from the Pioneer Press as well. Republican or Democrat, question mark, which are you? If you don't want to answer that question and you don't want to pick one or another, then you will not be able to vote in Minnesota's presidential primary. The reason for that is that if you do end up voting in the primary, well, your registration does actually go to the political party so they specifically know who exactly voted in the primary. Now, technically, they're not supposed to share this with the public, but I would be a little kind of creeped out by that if I vote in the primary and either one of the political parties actually has my personal information and know that I voted for them. I'm, I don't know, I'm a little uncomfortable with that. But apparently that's the way the new system is going to function if you vote in the primary. And again, as I said, the information won't technically be public, but there does not appear to be any restrictions on what the parties can do with that information. But that could change, as noted by the Pioneer Press, as this is the new law in Minnesota. And if it makes you uncomfortable, you are not alone. I am certainly among those people who is... A little bit uncomfortable about that. The political parties are kind of using this as justification to say, hey, we can collect some information about voters and maybe help with fundraising or knowing a little bit more about who is actually voting for us. But, yeah, I'm definitely not in favor of the fact that a political party might actually uh, have my personal information, whether it's a Democratic Party or the Republican Party. Speaking of caucuses, of course, we have the Iowa caucuses coming up on February 3rd, and there's something very important to consider, and I think this is also true in Minnesota, and by the way, someone can call in and correct me if I'm wrong, but 15% is that magic number you actually need in these caucuses and primaries, because that's, at least in Iowa, the minimum support a candidate must get on the individual caucus site to achieve a viability in order to actually win statewide delegates. If a candidate does not meet that 15% threshold, then their supporters must realign with a different candidate who has achieved that viability or go to the uncommitted part of the room. So basically for a candidate who is trying to rise in the poll numbers, if they don't get to 15%, well, then they're basically not getting any delegates. But if you do hit that magic number of 15%, then you are actually guaranteed to carry some delegates. And right now in Iowa, I believe we could have as many as four candidates that are actually able to hit that 15% threshold marker. And I believe Minnesota has a somewhat similar system, as do other states, where if you get to a certain percentage point, then you actually are guaranteed some delegates. 
Meanwhile, other states are actually winners take all, which is uh, very different than actually dividing up the delegates proportionately. 952-946-6205. Before we head to our uh, final break, let's talk to Mark in Fridley, who wants to chime in about Mike Pompeo. Hey there, Mark. Well, I want to talk about what happened over the weekend. And Mm -hmm. you might have to carry me over because people have to understand that the media is buying this, once again, lock, stock, and barrel from a guy, Mike Pompeo, who bragged as he was the head of the CIA that it was the CIA's job to lie and deceive and misinform the American public. Now, he was on... This happened about a year ago, March of 2019. Anybody can look it up. You know, right here is CNN. Mike Pompeo went on the Christian Broadcast Network and said that it's possible that God raised Donald Trump to protect Israel from Iranian aggression. And the, the exact words were the host from the Christian Broadcast Network. And again, we had that huge, before this event, we had this huge discussion about how the evangelicals somehow love Donald Trump for some reason. But this guy asked the Christian Broadcast Network, could it be that President Trump right now has been sort of raised for such a time as this, just like Queen Esther, to help save the Jewish people from the Iranian menace? And his response was, as a Christian, I certainly believe that's possible. And he's confident that the Lord is at work here. Now, the assertion from a government official, especially a Secretary of Defense, who's implemented and is responsible for the deaths of hundreds of thousands and millions, if you tally what the Afghanistan papers described in detail for us, and that something like the Afghanistan papers can happen so close to them trying to pull this off. His assertion that President Trump was sent by God to save Israel That's from terrifying. Iran yeah. is, it's worse, it, it, you know. So, Democrats, you want to impeach somebody for something? This is why you do it. This was a illegal... Nuremberg principle, this was the attack. And again, people have to talk. Russia is not the problem here. We have to clean up our own house. Russia warned the United States before 9-11 of the threat posed by Osama bin Laden, and we did nothing. Russia warned us about the Snarf brothers in Boston. And we did nothing. We have a Secretary of State that, and former CIA official that believes in his heart that Donald Trump was, and, and it, I challenge people to look this up. You can put it on your website that a guy that believes that the assassination of anybody he wants at any time. What you're doing here is pouring radioactive rocket fuel on plutonium. And how do you prevent a war by starting a war? Mm -hmm. And he looked in the eyes of the American people over the weekend on 50 different television stations and said, I am assured that you are much safer now than you were before we we conducted this attack. Mm -hmm. We have to... Democrats... Okay, if you want to impeach somebody for something, this is what we pay you to do. This is what we voted you in to do. Not to ignore this. The Afghanistan papers should have been a a moment where everybody realized that we have a look behind the curtain and we have done nothing. And what was the response of the American people to the Afghanistan papers was to allow something like this happen and CNN and ABC and CBS and Fox running crazy saying that this was a bad guy. Well, you know what? We need to clean up our own backyard before we worry about anybody else. And you've got people like a guy named Patrick Clawson, C-L-A-W-S-O-N, who in 2012 was speaking at an event in Washington, D.C., 
exactly about how to create a crisis initiation event to start a war with Iran. His words, start a war with Iran. Is that what we want? And so, you know, this is insane. And the politicians need to react. Ukraine is a parking ticket compared to what just happened. And we are going to judge them by their actions or by their inaction. All right, Mark, thanks for the call. And I do kind of agree that we are understating how bad that is to actually kill a general or any member of a foreign government to conduct an assassination because it does feel like, yeah, even as we're seeing in the corporate media, that it's being excused with the fact that, well, Iran is a bad country, therefore we can just go and assassinate their leaders. You don't get to make that call with a foreign nation state. As Mark is talking about, you cannot understate how awful of a thing that is to do and how problematic it is because, yeah, we probably are going to see a significant response from Iran. As I said, probably not a full-scale war, but we're going to see a lot of havoc being wrecked in the Middle East. It reminds me of Donald Trump's tweets himself from like Mm -hmm. eight, nine years ago or something when he says, in order to get elected, Barack Obama will start a war with Iran. I I remember seeing those. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just talking about how I predict that President Obama will at some point attack Iran in order to save face. And wow, look look at what is happening today. Unbelievable. Yeah, we're at 952-946-6205, 952-946-6205 if you want to chime in before we head to our final break. And, yeah, I, I, I'm i not optimistic as to what's going to happen in the Middle East. Ultimately, as I said, yeah, probably not the full-scale war, but we are going to see lots of proxy conflicts. We're probably going to see um, – what, what, what am I looking for um, – electronic type of terrorism or basically a hacking type of attacks. Um, Overall, yeah, just not going to be a good situation with what's going to happen in response with Iran when you actually kill the leader of, or not a leader, but a military leader of a foreign nation. We're going to take a break and come back for one final segment as you are listening to the 4 O'Clock Show with Brett and Sam. What kind of a jackass would let an animal pick their insurance? Did you really think a lizard could save you money on car insurance? Would you let a duck pick your health policy? Insurance can be a zoo, but this is ridiculous. What you really need is an insurance agent that isn't looking out for the insurance companies. You need Cheryl at Array, an independent agent with 30 years experience looking for the best rate possible. Quit monkeying around and call 763-504-3067. That's 763-504-3067 for Cheryl at Array, representing you, not the insurance company. Companies. My part-time service in the Army National Guard makes it possible for me to be more for the community I call home. I'm a better neighbor because my service has taught me how important it is to be a team player. My training helps me in my classes when I give attention to detail to the task at hand. My service also allows me to be there for my community in ways others can't. I help my hometown recover after nature strikes. My service in the Army National Guard allows me to keep my country and those I care about safe from threats. I also work with a network of professionals that help me succeed. Also, the Army National Guard's education benefits make getting a higher education a reality. Being an Army National Guard soldier makes living and serving in my community more rewarding every day. Learn more about how you too can live and serve part-time, close to home, by visiting NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Minnesota Army National Guard. Aired by the Minnesota Broadcasters Association and this station. Hi, this is Ken Hagland, host of Living Healthy and Aging Well, inviting you to listen to our new show airing on Saturdays from noon to one, where we talk about your health and your life and provide insights to living and aging well. Each week, we provide answers to important questions regarding health care, elder care, end-of-life care, and caregiver support to help you and your loved ones plan for the future and enjoy your highest quality of life today. Please join us every Saturday from noon to one for Living Healthy and Aging Well. This President's Day weekend, bring your family to the Osprey Wilds Environmental Learning Center, formerly known as the Audubon Center of the Northwoods, on Grindstone Lake in Sandstone. The all-inclusive family weekend has locally sourced meals, 
and winter activities like ice climbing, wildlife programming, skiing and much more. Reserve your spot at ospreywilds.org or call 320-245-2648. Osprey Wilds, experience your environment. Tune in for Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. Coming up, polyamory. If we don't have just one friend at a time, why should we have only one love at a time? Oh, I don't know about you. I'd be miserable if my wife loved another. Maybe you need to examine your jealousy. What's wrong with a little jealousy between lovers? Polyamory, next time on Philosophy Talk. Philosophy Talk, every Sunday at 8 a.m. and again at 2 p.m. on AM 950. Connections Radio Show is all about tapping into our hardwired hunger to connect. We examine meaningful connections to ourselves, our community, and the world around us by opening the door to innovative insights by a wide variety of interesting guests. We'll make the connections to something bigger than ourselves. Join me, Lori Fitz, your host of Connections Radio Show, and together we'll make the connections. Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. And we're back on AM 950. Gosh, those terms I was looking for. Cyber terrorism, electronic warfare. Couldn't think of those for some reason, but that's among probably the retaliations we will see with Iran uh, once they actually do retaliate and they're done with their mourning of Soleimani. Now let's go to one more phone call before the show wraps up today. we got Randy in St. Cloud who gets the final word. Hi there, Randy. Well, hi. Thanks. Uh, I just wanted to expand a little bit on what Mark was talking about Um and the consequences are not just with Iran. Uh, Iraq wants to kick the U.S. out, which we should be leaving anyway. But Well, and can you blame them? I mean, we yeah. actually killed this guy in their country. I in wouldn't be country. happy about that. Yeah. So that, that's and not only did we, uh, you know, just throw away any laws about assassinating someone from another country, we did it in a different country. <laughs> and. And to assassinate someone because they're a bad dude, um, then what's the argument that somebody shouldn't or couldn't, oh, let's see, assassinate Elliot Abrams? He's a bad dude. He's one of our, he's the U.S. special agent for logistics against Venezuela. Well, he's a bad dude. He's a war criminal who was pardoned by a president who was advised by Bill Barr. Unfortunately, Randy, I am running out of time, but appreciate the phone call. And yeah, as I said, there's dozens of other military leaders from around the world that are just as bad as the Soleimani guy, and we're not going to go and assassinate them. All right, coming up tomorrow, we will be interviewing an expert on Iran. So look forward to that. I'll talk to you then. Good in your mouth.